good news for you today. The fact that the devil is real proves that God is real. Come on, the fact that some of you are going to help me preach, some of you are just going to be quiet, but this church is not good at quiet. But the fact that the devil has been tormenting you and tempting you your entire life is actually good news because it proves that there's an assignment on your life and for your life that he's been trying to destroy since your life began. So I got good news for you. You've attended a church today that casts demons out. You, you, come on, you, you got some demon slayers in your midst right now. Oh, I, okay. So there are only five people saved in this room, but the fact that the devil tried to kill you in that car accident, the fact that your husband walked out and left you destitute, the fact that you don't even have a friend sometimes to call upon reveals that there's something so significant on the inside of you that the devil's trying to destroy you. But I've got good news. He, he wasn't successful at destroying Jesus. He tried to take Jesus out. He gave Jesus his best shot and it wasn't enough. And so how many of you know that you have taken some blows in life, but you are still standing because Jesus rose from the grave? Is there anybody? Come on, did I walk up into the wrong church? Am I in St. Anthony's today? Am I in a Presbyterian church? Is there somebody who's been healed, who's been delivered, who's been set free? Y'all want to be religious, be religious, but I I serve a resurrected Jesus. Am I the only one here that's been in a drunken stupor, laying in the bed, depressed and full of anxiety? Am I the only one who thought about ending it, but woke up and said, God, because you live, I can face tomorrow. Because you live, I choose to live. Am I the only one? If you don't like loud, you won't like heaven. Heaven is loud. It's full of black people and white people and yellow people and brown people shouting unto the king of all kings for eternity. I don't need a song. I don't need lyrics. I've got my Jesus. (laughs) Come on. And I've got to come live from New York City because this is the heartbeat. And we're pumping the blood of Jesus around the world today. New York City, it's Gotham. Wherever there's the darkness, the light shines brighter. What good could come out of New York City? They said the same thing about Nazareth. But I've got news for you. God is raising up an army in New York City. And he's calling you today to stand up for him. Y'all thought you came to a normal Easter Sunday. Now listen, I know your family warned you. This is what they warned you about. You know, and they said, okay, it's going to be a little crazy, but I promise if you don't believe it, at least it's entertaining. <laughs> I got to do some shout outs before we jump into the scriptures, but I'm excited because God is doing some amazing things in our midst. And today's message is going to be a short message, but very profound because the Lord was speaking some stuff to me that I've got to get out to you. But here's the thing. We are simulcasting from Hawaii all the way to New York City and Western Europe right now. Yeah, come on. 
As a matter of fact, I'm getting videos and pictures, and I want to relay back to you what I've been seeing because we're just getting started. First and foremost, I want to shout out V1 Indiana in Portage, Indiana. They call it the crossroads of the United States because 80, 94, and 65 run through it, and it is actually a renowned drug uh, interchange because drugs come from South America up to Canada and then from the East Coast to the West Coast, but how many of you know if northwest indiana is getting used to transport drugs it's about to be used to transport the deliverance from drugs and the deliverer and so god's got us strategically positioned just 25 well, it's about 35 to 40 minutes outside of chicago's loop on the toll road in northwest indiana shout out v1 indiana then we've got v1 long island right now that has an overflow we had to take our growth track room and completely fill it up with chairs and it is full right now. If you're in the overflow this week on Long Island, I want to encourage you, come back next week and we'll save a seat in the main room so you can feel the subwoofers bumping your chest. But right now they're in the overflow. But I will give you an encouragement. The same Holy Spirit in the main auditorium is the same Holy Spirit in the overflow. And I bet you he'll even do something extra in the overflow just to prove that he's God. So listen, we got people watching in revival homes around the United States and even other countries right now. And Acts chapter 19 says that the anointing of God is transferable to even physical objects. I believe he can transfer his power through a phone. Do you? If the devil can transfer lust and perversion through a phone can't the holy spirit transfer power through a phone and so wherever you're watching from god's going to do some amazing things just make sure you put a thumbs up comment and share to 10 facebook groups praise god we have V1 canada that's meeting right now in the flower city community campus we're going to take over canada all you crazy canadians what's what a boot it Everybody always asks me, Pastor Mike, when are you going to go to Canada? And I'm like, we're there. Why are you not there? And so right now, the Flower City Community Campus is filling with people in Canada. We love you. I want to give a special shout out. Here on the stage in New York City just weeks ago, you saw them. Uh, we have some incredible leaders rising up, Tito and Katrina, and they are leading V1 Hawaii. Oh, y'all, you're clapping like you don't know what's actually happening. But they are filling a college right now. They showed me the screen. And how many of you believe that they can win an entire island to Jesus? Just that camp at Tito? Come on, man. I am so proud of you. The, just the V1 campus we have on Hawaii is already bigger than 95% of churches on that island. And if you feel the Lord leading you to go to Hawaii to help them, I'll, I'll say amen. Unless you live in New York City, you're stuck with me. <laughs> Next up, we have V1 California. And I just want to say, Crystal and Wesley, you guys are amazing. Uh, they are serving, and, you know, they're actually meeting right now in a brewery, and I think it's really apropos because I'm in New York City, and there's about $10,000 worth of alcohol right on the other side of that veil. Somebody just got triggered when I said that. <laughs> 
but you know, they're in a brewery and I believe that, you know, there's an intoxication of a counterfeit comfort, but I believe there's an intoxication of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, people get drunk and they say, I can't believe I did that. I was drunk. Come up under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And you'll say, I can't believe I worship like that. I can't believe I preach to my friends on the job like that. I can't believe I believe for a miracle and prayed for somebody. I was under the influence. And so I think it's amazing that we took a bar in Long Island, turned it into a church. We are in a bar right now in New York City and across the country in California, we are in a brewery because it is a prophetic symbol that we're calling people under the influence, under the influence of the Holy Ghost. You've been under the influence of demons. Come up under the influence of your heavenly father. Y'all, this is just my intro. I feel sassy today. And if you don't want to come back next Sunday, don't come back. But the real ones will come back. You know, I don't believe in doing something different for Easter. You know, we're just going to do what we always do. And then you come back if you want to come back. And if you don't, you go to your... Never mind. We love them. We bless them. But I believe that the Holy Spirit will give you confirmation that you're in the right destination. And listen, there's a lot of bad churches full of abusive leadership. For some of you, it's a miracle that you even came here today. I won't make a promise and say that we have perfect leadership, but how many of you know it's possible to be perfect hearted? And so what you have walked in today and your friend has invited you not into the traditions of men. You have not received an invitation into a whole bunch of rules and regulations. Matter of fact, this is the most dressed up I've been and I just felt like it. Um, But certainly you can come as you are, but you can't stay as you are. Matter of fact, I mean, if you're under mental torment, why would you want to stay that way anyways? If you're broke, busted and disgusted, why would you want to stay that way? So come as you are, don't stay as you are. And so God wants to to do something in your life. And here's the gospel message. The gospel message is, is very simple. The gospel message is this. Come as you are before he cleans you so that he can clean you. Don't wait till you got your act together. Don't wait till you figured it out. Don't wait until you understood the Bible. What broke my heart when I was walking the streets of New York City and I was talking to people is the number of people who told me that there were times when they prayed to Jesus Christ and felt overwhelming peace and yet have not done it again because they were too busy. Well, can I tell you when you face your maker, you will not have to worry about your schedule. There is a moment that you are going to experience in the existence of your life, which is an eternal existence. Every single one of you are an eternal spirit in a temporary physical body. And you're going to stand before your maker, which makes this sermon the most important message that you've ever heard in your life. And when I was walking the streets of New York City to the Hindus, they were being nice to me. And they were saying, well, we read the Vedas, but Jesus is just a great teacher. And then to the, uh, the Muslims that I talked to, they said, well, within Islam, he's just a prophet. And I made sure to clarify, are you sure he's not the savior of the world, the Messiah, the son of God? And they say, according to our book, they are not. And then I talked to teenagers who had intermittently reached out to Jesus because they went through some hard times. And they said, you know, we're just busy. We're living our life. How many of you know that there's a tendency for us to get so busy that we forget to prioritize the priorities? And how many of you know that the Bible says, if you seek first the kingdom, then all these things will be added unto you. And 
so I'm walking through New, the New York City's Times Square, and I'm grieved to know. But I want to also tell you that I met several people that all I had to do was ask them, who is Jesus to you? And immediately they wanted to accept Jesus. Because the world right now is groaning. The world is broken. I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. I don't care if you're a liberal or a conservative. I don't care what you are. I will tell you this. The problems that we're facing in our society cannot and will not be solved by a politician because behind every politician is a spirit and very rarely it's the Holy Spirit. I will tell you this. We've got medical professionals in our church, doctors and and people who work in pharmacies and nurses. And I will tell you, although there are some medicines that can soothe symptoms and medicines that can actually uh, make it dull the pain, the cure is in Jesus. I will tell you, he is the, the great physician. And that's why they faithfully attend our church because there's a realm beyond, beyond your intelligence. There's a realm beyond your understanding. The scriptures say that his ways are higher than our ways, that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Do we dismiss medicine? No. Luke, the apostle himself, was a physician. Do we dismiss counseling? No. I believe that there's counselors guided by the Holy Spirit through biblical wisdom. But I will tell you that no counselor can replace the great counselor, and no physician can replace the great physician. And until you place Jesus at the center of it all, you have no life because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And you don't have a truth even though they say it's yo truth. Well, homegirl, it's not yo truth. He is the truth. And don't nobody care about your opinion just like nobody sitting in the audience cares about my opinion. We need his opinion. Let Christ's words alone stand and every else become a liar. We don't need our opinion. We need the rock solid upon this I stand. Let all else be sinking stand. Now, come on, and I'm here to lift up the name of Jesus. They say, these are religious fanatics. Yeah, I am. You're a fanatic for pornography. You're a fanatic for THC and alcohol. You're a fanatic for the Cubs that keep losing. Go Sox. You're, you're a fanatic. You're, you know, everybody's a fanatic. You're fanatic from the plate, your college where you got a degree. Why can't I be a fanatic for the one who won it all for me? Why can't I be a fanatic for the one with outstretched arms who said, I will give all so that you can be forgiven? If I'm going to be a fanatic for anything, it'll be for Jesus. But to sit in your seat and judge me for screaming, but you scream while you're watching your favorite team. We're all a fan of something. Let me be a fan of Jesus. The real question is, do you want to be a follower with me too? Because I'm going to put you in the crossroads today and you're going to have a moment when you meet your maker and he's going to replay this. If you don't want to be responsible for the word I'm about to preach, get up and leave across all the campuses right now. Because once you hear this word, it's an irrevocable responsibility to the word. And I want to make that clear. But the good news is, is after you submit and surrender to the truth of Jesus Christ, a change happens in your life that's completely indescribable. Some will try to use words. They'll say things like preacher. 
later, when I accepted Jesus and decided to walk this walk, I felt light. I felt free. And people have said things like that. I feel full of joy. And so I believe by the end of this message, just in the last several minutes, God's working on your heart, but he's going to finalize what he started. There's three types of people in this room as we prepare to take a look at Matthew 28. There's three types of people in this room. There's, there's one is there's religious people and you've had all of these family rituals that are connected to your view of God. And, and to some extent, those things are okay. To some extent, there's, they're, they're harmless. But what you lack in your life is a real connection with God, a real relationship with God. There's others in this room. This is the second group of people. You, uh, you, you are a follower of Jesus, but you constantly struggle with doubt. You constantly struggle with unbelief. And he's been trying to graduate you into deeper layers. He's been trying to draw you into the supernatural. I don't know if you know this, but if being a Christian is boring, you're doing it wrong. I don't know if you know this. If it's not an adventure, you're doing it wrong. Because to be a Christian is to say yes to the author and the finisher of your faith. To say yes to the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. The one who breathed all creation and breathed your spirit into your dirt body that will go back to the dirt. But there's something eternal about you that craves the eternal. There's something inside of you that's bigger, that's trying to make meaning out of your life. And you want to make sure that there's a purpose to your life. But the world will tell you the way to find purpose is to make it. But see, what I've come to tell you through the Bible today is the way to find purpose is to receive it. Because identity is not made, it's received. And the reason why you're so full of anxiety is because the world told you make something out of yourself. But listen, I got two kids, Bella and Everly, and I have zero expectation that they make something out of themselves. Because I'm a good dad, and good dads give identity. I don't wait for the world to tell my daughters who they are. I tell them who they are. I don't wait for I don't wait for my daughters to figure out who they are. I tell them who they are. And so when you got a good dad, you don't have to make your identity. You receive if you're listening. And so I'm, oh, there's a revelation on that for somebody. You're trying to make something out of yourself, but the gospel is come to him filthy, dirty, and full of the lies of the devil. Let him break every chain off of you and then receive an identity. He'll tell you things that you know not. He'll begin to remind you of things he told you long ago. And this is the story that we're tracking. As a matter of fact, there's an amazing story unfolding. As you guys get your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 28, there's an amazing story unfolding in Miami right now. I just got pictures and we have an entire movie theater in Miami that's full of people right now. Isn't that amazing as we make our first step from a revival hub into a campus in Miami right now? And the story that's unfolding is that my mother, Pastor Sandra, my wife, Pastor Julie, and the young shepherd in training, Bella Signorelli, are all on the ground in Miami right now. And it's a prophetic picture. It's a prophetic picture because my mother sold everything to move across country to go to Miami and or to go to Long Island and now she's in Miami and I believe that there are many from our church that have already committed and they're moving to Miami and so my mother stands as a prophetic picture of that and then we've got my wife who has 
launched this church and founded it with me and serves as a co-lead pastor. And so she's there as an extension of my heart. And then we've got my daughter who represents Gen Z. Gen Z is rising up. And I'm telling you, they're not believing the fake news. They're not believing the fear-based ideologies. They're not believing the political agendas in our public schools. Gen Z is looking for the truth and finding that Jesus is the truth. And I'm telling you, there are some old pastors who are retired and done. But I'm telling you, there's also some Gen Z who say, God, I'll pick up the mantle and do what you called me to do. How many of you know we can't despise our youth because God will use our youth to even confound the wise? And so there's something happening in Miami right now, and I believe it's a supernatural thing. As a matter of fact, uh, we're announcing today, and I'm so excited to say this, as they are, they've completed V1 College, they've faithfully served as leaders of the Dream Team and Connect Groups, and they've successfully grown their home into this revival hub that simply does not fit in a home. So for the very first time on our global broadcast, I want to actually announce Pastor Harvey and Pastor Jess. Can we give it up for them? Come on, New York City. Let's come on, Long Island. Come on, Indiana. Come on, Hawaii. So Pastor Harvey and Pastor Jess, we celebrate you as you serve as your very first Sunday, Easter Sunday. This is the sixth birthday of V1 Church of regular weekly services. And we have seven locations from Hawaii all the way to New York City. How many of you know only God? Only God. Only God. So there's a supernatural story unfolding. And each and every one of you under the sound of my voice across every campus are intimately woven into this story. That's why you're not dead. That's why you can hear me right now. Because I'm spirit speaking to a whole bunch of spirits. But there's also two other types of spirits hearing us. Demonic spirits and angelic spirits. And, I, and whether you believe it or not, I don't care because I'm going to preach it anyways. But there's a war that happens over your spirit. And there's been a war over your spirit for a long time. And even while I'm preaching, I'm praying in my spirit so that the, the warfare that happens ends today and you step fully into what God has for you. Because for some of you, your parents have been praying for you for a long time. For some of you, you have a praying grandmother that got down on her knees in her closet and pushed aside a plate and fasted so that you would be here right now. And you think, oh, I'm just fulfilling an obligation. No, you're fulfilling a destiny appointment right now. This is not an obligation. This is an appointment with God because there's more inside of you. Some of you who can hear me right now, you're a preacher. Some of you can preach better than me. Some of you listen to me right now, you're a prophet. And the word of the Lord is going to be given to you and you're going to open your mouth and prophesy to the nations Some of you who can hear me right now You're a musician and you're going to take the stages of v1 church and you're going to begin to lead and usher people into the presence of god Some of you are prayer warriors and intercessors and you're going to get activated right now And some of you are even saying well pastor mike uh, I don't even feel like I can do that. Do you know where i've been? Yes, but I also know where jesus has been. He's been all the way to the cross. We celebrated that friday night he's been all the way to hell and took the keys of death hell in the grave and then he's resurrected and now he's seated at the right hand of the father so yeah i know where you've been but i know where my savior's been and he's been to the lowest valley and he's been to the highest mountaintop and he's coming today to ransom you to activate you into your purpose and your calling and you will fulfill the reason why you were born <laughs> You don't got too far. You got too far. If you were going to die, you would have died. 
If you would have given up, you would have given up. You got too far. Now look, I want to show you something in Matthew 28. It says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they went to visit the tomb. Now that probably didn't sound like nothing to you. Let me give you the church gossip. Mary Magdalene was the one who had seven demons. So early in the morning, there's an investigation of the tomb. And it's actually, you know, that formerly demonized woman. Now listen, don't judge my past unless you know my future. Don't judge my past unless you know my future. Sometimes it's the ones who are under the control of demons that are the first to make the investigation of the tomb. Sometimes it's the ones who know what, it's, what it feels like to be under the power of demons that want to help other people get free from demons. I, I have a love for Mary Magdalene in scriptures and the other Mary. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the tomb and sat on it. Now, you know that, that angel sitting on that, that rolled away stone, he was just flexing. You know that. You know, he told his boys, he said, yo, I got, hey, guess what assignment I got? I get to roll away the tomb. They're like, man, what, what? And he goes, and, and I'm going to sit on top of it. And they're like, oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. You know, angels have personalities because one third of them use their free will to follow Lucifer in the fall. <laughs> so they have will. And so I just, every time I've read that the angel sat on top of the stone, I said, man, I like you. I can't wait to talk to him. I'm like, I, I like you. I, I was a New Yorker. We're like you. We would have sat on that tomb too. You know what I mean? New Yorkers always taking up space we shouldn't have. Honking at each other. This is my spot. No, it ain't. And so he rolled aside the stone and he sat on it. His face shone like lightning. And his clothing was white as snow. The guards shook with fear and they saw him and they fell down into a dead faint. Now I want to just focus on a, an aspect of the story. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. See, there was an investigation happening. And these women, the two Marys showed up. What am I going to see? I, I believe that all of you across every, all seven locations and everyone watching globally online in their home. You tapped into this today because you're making your own investigation and you want to know, is, is he really alive? And so there will always be a suddenly that is connected to an investigation. There's always going to be a supernatural experience that opens up to you when you step into the direction of the investigation. See, that's why Jesus said, taste and see. He was saying, I understand the way your brain is wired. I understand that you have doubts. I understand that you bend towards skepticism, but just taste and see. That's a, that's a call to investigation. And so as you come closer, the Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. But see, that scripture is amazing because we've got to take our first step in his direction and then he takes a step in our direction. When, when both Marys were headed towards the tomb, they were enacting a supernatural principle is that an investigation will always turn into a confirmation that you're in the right destination and so I don't know who I'm preaching to today but you didn't take the train or the bus or a car just for an investigation you came for a confirmation that you're in the right destination and there is a suddenly that's getting ready to happen it says suddenly someone say suddenly 
There was an earthquake. Now listen, I know that some of you are so jacked up from your past. It might take you two years of counseling to get your mind right. But when the great counselor steps in, and no, I'm not trying to diminish good counseling, but I will tell you when the great counselor comes in, I have seen him do what would take years in a suddenly. I've seen people's mind restored. I've seen people come into themselves because when God does a suddenly, I know that if you were to rehab your physical body, if you were to go on the medications and all of the processes of modern medicine, it may take you months or even years to rehabilitate. But when a suddenly happens, suddenly he picked up his mat and he could walk. Suddenly his blind eyes are open. Y'all, if you missed Friday night, there was a lot of suddenlies happening on good friday we were getting reports and i've got the names of the people i was in the room on long island it said suddenly their ears open i mean we've already had three reports of people's ears popping open from an 18 year old to a 75 year old come on somebody suddenly suddenly somebody say suddenly Don't be mad at me for believing that God can do the impossible. My job is not to surrender to your doubt. It's to call you up to faith. Suddenly's happen. Suddenly an earthquake happened. Then an angel shows up. Y'all, some of you are going to start to have or become aware of the angelic encounters that you're having. This did not stop. We're reading in the book of Matthew. When you look at Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, you continue to go on through the New Testament. You see that they are even entertaining angels unaware. The supernatural realm is real. Stop accessing it through sage and crystals. Stop accessing it through a psychic word. If your sign is not the cross of Jesus Christ, y'all got the wrong sign. Mad at your friend for giving money to the church, but you're giving money to a psychic. Come on, somebody. We've got to bring down all forms of idolatry and say, it is Jesus, Jesus, it's Jesus. It's Jesus when I wake up. It's Jesus for lunch at work. It's Jesus. Y'all going to take a smoke break. I'm going to take a Jesus break. I'm going to take a praise break. I am obsessed with Jesus. I am obsessed with him. It's Jesus all day long. It's Jesus at night it's when i close my eyes and jesus meet me in my dreams even the mention of his name is terrifying some spirits that have been terrifying you i know you feel a little irritated don't worry it's not you it's the demons because i want you to get free today the bible says whom the son sets free is free indeed there's many, that means there's many forms of freedom, but there's only one final freedom. And anything that you've been doing, oh, but I felt better when I burned the sage. Yeah, it's a I promise you this is not a, the, we're, we're not trying to go full techno. <laughs> I'll preach through it. Just close your eyes if you have issues with flashing lights. As you read through Matthew the cha- 28th chapter, 
It says that the women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And then they ran to him. They grasped his feet. So they physically grasped his feet and they worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell your brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. Okay, okay, just follow me. Just follow me. I'm almost done. I was thinking in preparation for this sermon about how easy it would be if Jesus was physically in the flesh here on planet earth. Because this Sunday we could have said live from Jerusalem, Jesus Christ. And Jesus would be like, how you like me now, Muhammad? Come on, Buddha. Where y'all, where you at y'all? And then I'd be like, yeah, see, there he is. That's Jesus, the real Jesus. And I was really thinking about that. There was a real thought. I'm like, it would be so easy if our simulcast could come out of Jerusalem live. And they'd be like, look, there he is. What you going to do now? What you going to do now? But then all of a sudden, I got a deep conviction. And the Lord said, Mike, go back to the last chapter of Matthew. That already happened. Go back to the first chapter of the book of Acts. I revealed myself to over 500 people. It already happened. And when it happened, there were only three kinds of people. There were the people who refused to believe, the people who believed but had doubt, and then the people who chose to believe 100% with all their being. And he said, if I was on the simulcast, live from Jerusalem, there would be people saying, that's AI. There, there, there would be people saying, that's not, there would, the conspiracy theories would say, it's not the same earlobe. Come on, I know my people. There would be people who would be saying that this is what is watch. I want to show you this. There's a report of the guard. As the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priests what had happened. A meeting with the elders was called and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, you must say Jesus' disciples came during the night while you were sleeping. And they stole his body. So that's what you got to say. So we're going to give you a large bribe. There's going to be an exchange of money. And you need, to, you need to lie and say his body was stolen. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in trouble. So you want to talk about the real bribe? You want to talk about the real hush money? It happened 2,000 years ago. It was the real, the real bribe that happened. This was a conspiracy. And it was the religious leaders who said, hey, go tell him Jesus' body was stolen. 2,000 years ago, if you were to ask a secular person who doesn't believe where's the body of Jesus, they'll say, well, most likely it was stolen. And that's why we don't have it. Because their disciples, his disciples wanted to make it look like he in fact had resurrected. But this has ancient roots. How many of you know that the devil is a liar and the father of all lies? And I begin to ask God, I said, but God, it would be so great to see your physical body. And the Lord told me, it's because I represent my body in two ways. And so for those of you who are like, man, I wish I could see the body of Christ. I got good news for you. Because see, on the third day when he rose again, he had a glorified body, a resurrected body. And the Bible says that he ascended to heaven after revealing himself to over 500 people. It also says that Thomas, who we often call what? Doubting Thomas 
was given permission to see and experience his nail-scarred hands and the wounds that he had. No doubt in my mind that was enough for Thomas because eventually he would become an apostle who gave his entire life in martyrdom for the gospel. So Jesus physical body moving through this region and then he ascends to heaven but here's the good news i got for you for those of you are saying if i could just see jesus body with my own eyes i would believe well i got good news for you the first time he was on earth he had one body he said i'm leaving but i'm gonna send another my holy spirit and now my holy spirit will dwell with inside of you And so now he's got billions of bodies because the Holy Spirit has made temples out of that which was profane and perverse. And the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. So if you want proof of where Jesus' body went, you're looking at the body of Christ seated all around you at every location right now. When you hear your mama praying in the midnight hour, speaking the mystery of tongues, you are hearing the spirit of Jesus unleashed through the holy spirit praying through your mom's body and romans says this is what it says come on i wish somebody would get excited for with me for this because it blew my mind romans chapter 1 verse 4 and says and he was shown to be the son of god when he was raised from the dead by the power of the holy spirit so who raised jesus from the dead and who had the power to do it the Holy Spirit. And so if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, the humanity is looking at the body of Christ. The body is not hidden. The body is breaking out of the walls of the church. You can drive a car into our Long Island location, but all you've done is open up another way for the Spirit of God to get out. Spirit break out. Show me the proof. You're looking at the proof right now. Show me the body of Jesus Christ. Look around. It's a black body. It's a white body. It's an Asian body. Come on. It's everybody who says yes. How do I know? Because when he laid his hands on people, hey, rebe, shame, rebe, I ain't here to people please you. I'm going to offend you all the way out of your religion today. When Jesus raised his hand and extended it towards sick people, they were healed. How I know that same Holy Spirit is in my body is that I'm not worthy. But when I say in Jesus' name, sickness go, it begins to leave. How do I know? Because when Jesus in Mark chapter 5 discovered a a demonized man, the demons say, Jesus, are you here to torment me? And so how do I know that the same Holy Spirit is inside of me? Because me and this wild team that you see across every location is still casting out demons still praying that the sick would be healed and if you went to a church that talked about the holy ghost like he was chill bumps that you felt during your favorite song i apologize that you've experienced less than god's best but how you know the holy ghost is flowing is people get changed he takes that heart of stone and turns it into heart of flesh how you know the holy ghost is moving it's incurable diseases are cured how you know the holy ghost is moving his demons cry out leave me alone and we say not until you go to the abyss 
It's real hard for you to read this Bible and draw a conclusion that the way you've been doing church at your other church is the way that we should do it. It's impossible if you were on a deserted island and I parachute dropped a Bible to you and you read Genesis through Revelation, you would be a tongue-talking, devil-stomping, prophesying juggernaut in the faith. You would not be doing incantations and you would not be doing liturgical spells written by men. You would be saying the saith the Lord because the word is very clear he is alive and if he's alive he has an opinion if he's alive he's speaking if he's alive he has a will and for those of us who have surrendered to his will we are seeing the miraculous in our midst I'm all in everybody else is radicalizing I want to radicalize everybody else is extreme I want to be extreme for Jesus because he demands nothing less than all, all, all. That other pastor wanted your money. That's why he made service as comfortable as, as he could. So you'd keep coming back and he could keep cashing out on you. That other pastor wanted your attendance to feed his ego. So he made it as comfortable and encouraging as possible. I want neither your attendance nor do I want your money. But God wants your entire life. And I'm here as an advocate for Jesus because Jesus doesn't want. Matter of fact, it'd be easy if all he wanted was your money because then your sexuality could remain impure. It'd be easy if all he wanted was your attendance because then your mind could be full of doubt. But he wants your mind, he wants your wallet, he wants your sexuality, he wants everything. And until you're willing to give it all, you've given nothing. And that's why I want you to stand to your feet with me across every location right now. Because Jesus went through six trials in one night. He was brought before Annas. Then he was brought before Cephas, the high priest. Then the Sanhedrin, which was the religious supreme court. Then he was brought before Pilate, the governor of Jerusalem. And then Herod, the governor of the Galilee. And then he had to go back to Pilate at the end of the six trials. And what did they find Jesus guilty of? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Six trials. You're here today because you are placing Jesus under trial. Maybe you're accusing Jesus of, well, where were you when my grandmother died of cancer? Well, let me ask you a question back. Who are you to know the ways of God? If your grandmother was a believer, I can tell you, the moment she closed her eyes and left this world, she was ushered into paradise. Even if it was a decade of pain, it felt like a millisecond once she was in the embrace of her creator. Who are you? You take a prideful position when you try to be God because his ways are holy. Does God heal everybody? The answer is yes, ultimately whether it's a temporary healing in your physical body, as this was the case with Lazarus. Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he died again. So the true miracle is not a temporary physical healing, although God can and will do that. But the great miracle is that you, your spirit, which is dead through sin, that you inherited through Adam all the way down your bloodline. As you can hear me right now, you know that on your father's side, there's many curses, curses of anger, 
curses of lust and perversion, curses of abandonment, rejection. You know, as you can hear me on your mother's side, there's curses. There's curses of poverty. There's curses of shame. You know that you're dealing with things that you cannot conquer on your own. Oh yes, you can try, but you are gonna find that only the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary can make you new. Only the blood of Jesus can break every curse. I'm not standing in front of you because I'm better than you. In many ways, I consider myself the chief sinner here at V1 Church, but I will tell you that I have made a decision to give him all. I've made a decision that I'm gonna forsake the world so that I can follow him. I made the decision that I don't care what anybody thinks about me anymore. I only care what he thinks about me. And so what I'm trying to do right now is help you understand that when you look at the 28th chapter of Matthew, what you will see is two women who did an investigation. And as they stepped into the direction of that investigation, they received confirmation. I believe that this sermon for many of you is confirmation. I need to come to Jesus. I need to step in his direction. Six trials Jesus went through and they found nothing. Finally, he, he got before religious leaders. And what did they say he was guilty of? He was actually killed because they said he's guilty of saying that he's the son of God. Stay with me. Your friends have no problem with you believing that Jesus is a moral teacher and that he helps you with your emotional mental problems because they'll say well yeah Jesus for them is a form of comfort and counseling whatever your friends have no problem if your Jesus makes you feed the homeless and give to community initiatives in the city that you live in they got no problem with that but when you start to confess that Jesus is the son of God when you start to say out loud, I actually believe that he came as a man, died, and on the third day rose, you're going to start offending your friends because they will become uncomfortable because you'll be exposing in their life their unbelief. But I'm asking you if you would be willing to do that. I'm asking you if you'd be willing to look at Jesus as he's on trial in your life right now and ask the question, what is the verdict what do you see? Do you see the judgment of religion and tradition and a whole bunch of rules that you can't live to? Or do you see your heavenly father with outstretched arms saying, all I wanted to do was to embrace you and to whisper in your ear, I love you, and to take you by the hand and break every curse off of your life and cause you to be who I've called you to be? Because the true Jesus looked at prostitutes and said, now go, you've been forgiven and sin no more. The true Jesus took people like Peter the fisherman who was just raptured in his, he's enraptured in his full-time vocational job and said, I have a call that's greater than being a fisherman on your life. And so right now that same Jesus is here. I'm not talking about him as if this is an autobiography. Right now, through the Holy Spirit, I'm talking with him because this is a spiritual reality. And if we looked at Matthew chapter 28 and you said that was such a long time ago, can I tell you it's happening right now in this room. 
because somebody in this room is saying, I see it. I couldn't see him, but I can see him. I couldn't see him, but I can see him. Somebody, the scales are coming off your eyes. Can I just tell you, when you pulled up and you started getting an emotion and you couldn't understand what is this emotion, it's because the eternal part of you, which is your spirit, is saying, I've been living off of a diet of all of this filth. I've been living off of a diet of all that's temporary, but I need to feast on something eternal. And as I was preaching, you were saying, oh, something inside of me is burning. It was your spirit saying, I'm longing for the spiritual food. I've been so dead and dry. I've been longing to hear the truth. It is in Jesus. So I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you to give your money. I'm not asking you to volunteer. I am asking you, will you let the Holy Spirit come into your body? Will you let him dwell inside of you? Because then you will look at your own hands and say, here's the body of Christ. You will look in the mirror and see a face that you used to hate and be ashamed of. And you'll say, I'm seeing the face of my savior you will know that he's resurrected because his holy spirit's inside of you so here's what i want you to do can i have our pastors and our prayer team members come up front across every campus right now so every location from hawaii california all of them come up front if you're on the prayer team or if you are a service pastor across all of our services. Here's what I want you to do. Everybody who can hear me right now, I'm gonna to count to three. And we're gonna make a moment. The Bible says for without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is not what you say you believe, faith is what you do. Faith is always connected to action. The Bible says don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer also. So I know that we have limited space at every venue, but even though there's every venue, even in the overflow room, I want you to put an action to what I'm doing because there's three types of people right now. There are the conspiracy theorists, the ones who say his body's been hidden. Then there are people who say, no, I believe, but I have doubts. But I believe that many of you say, God, I don't want those doubts. I want to step into faith. And then there are some wild ones who say, no, I believe with all my might and all my being. So for the two out of three of you, the Christians with doubts and the unbelievers who want to become Christians and say, I'm ready to give it all right now. You're gonna be asked to make a decision to come out of your seat and to come up front and to walk up front across every auditorium and it's gonna be a sign to your family and your friends, I'm crossing over, I'm making a decision, I wanna receive Jesus or I wanna remove all doubt out of my life. Grab the hand of the person that you came with right now because they might need your courage in this moment. They might want to come up front, but they may feel the resistance of fear or some demonic resistance. But I believe that you can actually transmit courage to them. So hold their hand right now. And when I count to three, I want you to grab them by the hand and physically come up. And then we are going to pray around the world together that we are giving our life to Jesus. Come on, people are already coming one God is confirming that you are in the right destination 
two, every chain is getting ready to be broken off of your life. Three, come up out of your seat and come now across every location. Come, 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 come. Come on, grab somebody and bring them. Come on, grab somebody and bring them.